0: Hello, and
1: welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright, Mark Antony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host,
0: folks and welcome back to another episode of strength to be human we're doing the guest house edition with our wonderful co-host uh john patrick robbins uh john thank you for being on board
1: oh it's good to be on the show mark
0: i appreciate it very much uh, this is uh the holiday so you know we have to do what we can to, to fit things in uh normally this show broadcasts a little earlier the month but it, it's been a rough crazy month between people being sick and computers <laughs> breaking and Aliens stealing my debit card, you know, all the usual stuff on a holiday town. This is going to be episode number 93, okay, and it, we're going to talk about um, some of the, uh, the, the good and the bad uh, of our heroes, and, and we're going to also talk about what happens when you get burnt out uh, as, as a writer. Do you stop? Do you take a break? Do you, do you reorient to yourself? Is it normal? Is it natural? So it's going to be interesting. Uh, first part, heroes. Second part, burnout. We haven't done this before. It, we're eager to get right into it because they're interesting topics, and uh, both of us know them very well. <laughs> That's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do.
0: <laughs> All right, now well, we're talking about the um, the the hero topic, and I guess there's a couple of different angles we can go about it. So obviously, you have to pretty much go about what you want. No one says we have to cover everything in the universe, but um, there is a number of things you could do. You can. Um, be inspired by your heroes about certain things they did in terms of writing or maybe Mm -hmm. even things in their personal life, you know, or or, or you you can also be a person that says, Hey, uh, they've had some problems. Uh, I don't know if I want to like match that or, um, maybe they've had some problems that I have some problems with. Like people might have problems with depression and say, what did that person do to try to get around that and, and still be productive? So there's a lot of things in, in heroes that we can, uh, we could take from, we can be inspired from. And and, and sometimes just because they're heroes doesn't mean they're perfect. There may be some things they do that uh, we'd like to avoid. (laughs) Okay. Definitely. (laughs) Do you want, do you want to go first? I know you've had a a set of them that uh, you seem to, uh, to uh, love and live by, uh, you know, to a certain extent.
1: Probably wouldn't be the greatest example when it comes to, you know the people that you admire and probably inspired you to the page because i mean um yeah if you want to go by somebody probably maybe followed some of their habits a little bit. i'm definitely a good example
0: <laughs> okay you got to try to get a little closer to the microphone so we don't we don't we don't lose you there
1: yeah um no yeah no uh, some of these uh That's one thing. Just because you admire people, I mean, I, I definitely, like any writer, when I, when I was kind of inspired and early on, I probably did follow my, uh, the people that I admire a little, little too closely. But you know, that 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 is kind of a downfall sometimes of when you're, uh younger and you're starting out you kind of yeah, yeah you want to be like the people you admire yeah, yeah. and uh a lot of times you know they, they their influence bleeds into the page but i really can't uh blame uh brought again and bukowski <laughs> for, for my own uh, my own issues but uh no that that is the thing And sometimes we do work we do kind of i wouldn't say not necessarily like hero worship but when you you uh Look at these people. It does happen sometimes where you're gonna. It does. You know, you think, well, I want, I want to be like them, and then you kind of think, well, you know, I really admired Hemingway. Maybe I should go on, you know, like a, like a three week binge, and that'll help me write. That's really not gonna help you so
0: much. Really, <laughs> oh, really well, I don't know. Yeah. But it, we we've all done this sort of thing before. I, I can remember. Yeah. Uh, early on uh, as a writer, uh, and I'm in Germany. And, and I'm coming off mm. a, a, a three-day stint. And in, in, in the Air Force, a, a three-day stint is not like eight hours and you took two breaks and had a, a milky way. It usually means 12 to 14 hours. You're doing that three days straight with minimal sleep. So you're coming off of that, and uh, they give you three days off, okay? But you are exhausted, all right? So, I mean, you should take some rest and recharge and go with that. But I'm still doing writing, and writing is a job. So... You know, I'm doing a bunch of writing. I'm doing a bunch of drinking. Okay, a bunch of smoking, cigarettes of course. Um, and <laughs> and not much sleeping, of course. And then of course I'm I'm literally uh, going out with the girl, and I can literally feel. I don't care. I, at the time I was 21. It doesn't really matter that I'm I'm 54 right now. You can't only go so much. That's just. I don't even when you're younger, you think you can, mm. and I definitely pushed it. And I literally went out with this girl, and she wanted to come back to my apartment, and embarrassing as this might be, I, I was just too exhausted for pretty much anything else. I mean, I was. I mean, I think we had a drink, and I might have fell out on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I think I woke up the next day, and she was already gone. Door, of course, unlocked to my house. You know, I'm over there with, with, a, with a machine gun sitting in the living room, Okay. My door unlocked. I'm like, yeah, this would have worked out really great if something happened to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> a- angry girl, half-written stuff, messed-up apartment, <laughs> machine gun out there that anyone could have steal probably shot me in the face, and uh, and I'm and I'm writing. So uh, there you go. It's not a uh, it's not a fun story. It Doesn't have a bow on it. Okay. Hallmark is definitely not gonna want to call me on that one. Okay. But um. That's what happens uh, because you have a life and then this becomes a a life and then you want to do other things and sometimes it doesn't work out. You're just – you're literally too exhausted. I mean this was a a great girl and this was a pretty girl and this is a girl that left, uh, you know, uh, and that was it. I actually saw her maybe like a couple months later when I was in town and I had a little bit more time and I'm like, oh my god, I can't even talk to this girl. It's so ridiculous. What am I supposed to tell her? Yeah, I, I, did, I did three days of serving my country and, and flying around the world, and then I came back and did some poetry and drank a whole bunch of brandy and smoked, I don't know, until I could barely breathe. And then I was stupid enough to call you over, and and I, and I couldn't do anything because I fell asleep because I was just that exhausted. That was the absolute truth right there? How the hell are you going to tell some girl that? Mm. Because it doesn't matter if she believes you or not. What matters is that she actually does yeah. believe you and say, well, Jesus, you could have made some better decisions, and you know she would have been right. The, the probably the best well, decision in that thing was just never to call over the first damn place. That probably would have been the best decision.
1: Well, uh, when you have to blame it on your influences, that's what I always do.
0: I don't know. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to write a, an essay. Um, I blame Poe that I didn't get laid that night. You know, it's just not going to work out. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to, you yeah, know, take nah. to take the responsibility and move on, you know. And I, I wish, yeah. I wish I could tell you that was a solitary time that that ever happened, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> so that's the way that was. Yeah. So I, I, if, if you can draw all the girls I was with in Europe, you'll have half of a set of them that said Mark was great and attentive and and and, and gentleman, and then the other Mark and the other ones are like, yeah, uh, he was half drunk and fell asleep. So. You're going, to, you're going to have two various wow. opinion, opinions, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> uh, your reviews would probably be a little bit better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a reputation. Uh,
0: uh, it was real black and white on that deal, you know? Yeah. You really can't blame anybody, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It, it happens, and not because you literally say when you find out about another writer's life you are know, like
1: hey i want to go through mm. that
0: a lot of people don't say that but <laughs> i think i think unconsciously it sleeps in and, and, and then sometimes yeah. you, might, you might pick up the habits it's not hard to pick up a habit uh, of getting less sleep because you want to get more work done or to have a couple of drinks when yeah. you, know, you know you're not going to be driving you can get some food brought over hell in that case i literally called her over drive over here So it didn't matter I was half drunk when I was Mm -hmm. out of that because it wasn't like I was going to go out there doing anything unsafe. So in that regard, I felt Mm -hmm. I was being responsible, but you know, you just can't go for four or five days of that crap and then you think you're going to be fine because you're
1: not. I I don't know that. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you mean? (laughs) No, yeah, you you, you can't – You definitely can't go full throttle all the time. You're going to, you know, it's like anything. You're going to eventually hit, your body's going to hit a wall. So, yeah, you you don't necessarily have to do things exactly the way your influences did. And you
0: really really shouldn't. Uh, We just picked up, like, last week, finally, some of the first group of people from Germany that are listening to the show. Uh, Probably the five or six that actually speak English. I probably got them all, you know, and that's great. But um, if that girl is listening to this day, and she, I mean, this you know, hey, I'm sorry, okay. So in case you were wondering, sorry about that, all right? Maybe she's not. This is a
1: great thing about broadcasting.
0: Yeah. You can, try to, you can try to make up from the last 30 years. We'll give it a shot anyway.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
0: But yeah there there's a there and there's a lot of things that you're gonna uh, you're gonna fall uh, I don't mean victim to but you're gonna fall for for a while not only because you're young and writing but just because some of those things they do work hand in hand with being a creative person you got to take chances mm-hmm. sometimes you do have to cut into sleep yep. it doesn't hurt to go out and have a couple of drinks and and wind down or even kind of a couple of drinks in your house. Some some oh, yeah. writers, some writers can can use it to their advantage, and others like myself, it's it's not a good idea. I always <laughs> tend to do that after I write, never never while during it. Although I've been known to edit work while having a few drinks, because for some reason, I don't know, I can do good on proofreading and grammar, but I just can't be creative when I'm drunk. That's all. So and we all have a you know positives and negatives <laughs> on that, but um. Of course, there are other things that are out there, you know, that are, you know, beyond anything I'm interested in, you know, like, you know, drugs or, you know, doing dangerous things that could cause you to be harmed, you know what I mean, like flying down the highway at 100 miles an hour, you know, like James Dean. Oh, man, I make movies and I'm really handsome. Nothing can happen to me. Yeah, okay. That's why he died in the car crash. Okay. You know. We don't want to do any of that kind of crap, so definitely not. But there is a lot to admire about all of these people. I mean, Hemingway, yeah. Hemingway suffered from from genetically inspired mental illness, and he knew it too. And even he, it was mm-hmm. one of the first writers I remember that actually tried to help himself. He recognized it. He wasn't in denial, you know. And and, no. I, and I'm never saying that suicide is some kind of wonderful option for people, because I don't really believe that it is. But his suicide amongst so many others, made, to me, the most academic sense because he really did do every damn thing he can, including using the new electrical shock therapy that came out with back in his day. And it, just, it simply did not work for him. So there was a man that literally said, All right, I acknowledge I have depression. All right, I know it's hurting my relationships. All right, I know it's damaging my health. All right, I'm going to avail myself of every damn thing that's possibly out there in, in modern science. And remember, this is a man who had money, so he wasn't broke. So he tried to do everything. None of it worked. Mm. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's a good thing he committed suicide. But at least there's somebody I can understand why. Because he really did do everything he could possibly do. God bless him. And uh, maybe that was the only way he was going to find peace. But um, there's so much out there that can, people can do now more than back in his time. And I hope people try to do their best to avail themselves of that so they don't go on that road, you
1: know. No. He yeah, uh, he you talk about somebody that lived full throttle. He definitely <laughs> definitely did everything possible, including with the page, you know. Uh, one of the one of those people that I do truly admire when it comes to, to writing. You know, you don't you probably don't want to look at my influence list it's probably very predictable you know <laughs> there's not too many uh teetotalers on my uh on my list of, of heroes so um you know i'm not saying that all of them were were you know kind of um colorful characters but uh most of them were <laughs> so well, you I, know I, I, it's i, it's, had,
0: uh, I had spoke about a few episodes ago that um as I was finding myself as a writer, I wound up realizing that I was simply just a social writer. That's just who I was, and to deny mm. it or try to run away from it or do something else was stupid, and it was wasting time, so I, I learned to, to live with that and accept it. I don't I don't say it with regret, you know, but uh, I wanted to do other things, and I've done a few other things in, in, in the genre of writer, yeah. but in the end, that's pretty much who I was. And when I look back at the people that I really admired the most over my life, it, it, apparently they were more social writers than they, than they were not. So people like Alex Huxley and, and George Orwell, you know, as much as I love Poe and I always did love Poe, um, he was never a social writer. He was always a, a writer that was that was doing things on a, on a horrifying basis because that's what he was interested in doing, you know, and, yeah. to provoke and to shock. Yeah. And, that, and that's fine. And I still love them, but. Yeah, the primary ones were the social writers, so I I don't know why I never made the connection until years later. And you're right, of course, those people weren't exactly uh, doing any of that sort of stuff. I mean, Alex Huxley was a man that had lots of health problems, so he couldn't afford alcohol or drugs. He would have died much earlier than he did. And, and, and of Mm. course, uh, George Orwell was about as as you can get.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, you know, there you go. I mean, not everybody that... uh... Who kind of want to paint the wrong picture? Not everybody who writes is just like you know, kicking them back at the bar and 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 writing all these. things. you don't really need that stuff to write great, doesn't you know? Doesn't hurt for some of us, but um, you just you don't need those things no, for
0: you. You, you don't really right. I still grade. I still like some of the people that you like still. I just I never been grossly yeah. into them. I mean, I thought I always respected Bukowski, even though I know he was a complete you know nutbag. But I took him seriously because. <laughs> You know, he was a serious writer. It doesn't matter. The rest of his life yeah. it was a mess. He was a serious writer and deserves to be taken seriously. Oh, yeah. You know, so, some, of, some of my earlier work even sometimes gets compared with some of the stuff that he was doing. But I always try to point out to people who do that, hey, I appreciate the compliment. But, you know, if you look over everything I'm doing, I mean, it's just a very small touches here and there. I'm, I'm doing things far different that he was interested in doing. He's a pretty complicated man because I think in many of the social opinions he would have agreed with me, but he wasn't going to write that kind of stuff. He had a whole other thing in mind than, than I'm doing. So, And that's how that sort of thing works. I mean, you, you got to be who you are. You know? And in the end, I, I feel that we can't criticize a man like that because Bukowski did what he wanted to do. He, he wasn't somebody else's puppet, and he wasn't out there pretending. And that, to me, means that he gets the ultimate respect, regardless if we liked how he lived or not, or even what he wrote about. (laughs) He still was where he's supposed to have been. And this is what we're all supposed to be at. We're supposed to be there or trying to get there. So that's what I I, I put him up there on the high level of people that, yeah, you know, like him or not like him, you you need to respect (laughs) him because that was no bull crap right there. That guy was serious.
1: Oh yeah. He was a hundred percent himself. you didn't, you know, you could take it or leave it. He didn't care. And, uh, that's the thing, you know, but that's with uh, one thing I took from, you know, I, people would say, you know, I'm, I'm myself, so I'm a unique person anyway. So it's just, but, uh, one thing I took from my influences is the people I really admired. And I know like everybody does the, uh, The Bukowski thing you know you see of course that influence is definitely heavily there but is uh, the person who really really got me towards the page actually and and the way I I wrote what you probably not as uh, clear to some would be uh, Richard Brodigan who was definitely another (laughs) full throttle uh, unique personality who just really really cracked me up because he just would go anywhere he wanted with that page and that's the thing that really I took from those those influences, you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, what people would think. It's just the way that they were, they were fearless in their, their way of uh, communicating and writing. They just would do anything they wanted. There were no rules for them. I mean, if you could look at Mikowski one of the best examples I would say is what I admired most is how he could do a novel. And what I always thought is tricked the world into reading poetry. I mean, some of those chapters in his books that are supposed to be in that are novels are they're extremely short. They're not like the atypical chapter. And that was one thing that always impressed me, how he could just sit down. He, he would do it his way. And, you know, you take it or leave it. And a lot of people, look how many did, how many writers he's inspired. Yep. So, and I think uh, inspired I, I, in the right way.
0: That's why I take him so yeah, seriously. Yeah, I don't think everybody. He's an artist. And he, that was what he was. He was an artist. And you, yeah. you get fooled with all the Hollywood shit. You're going to realize, hey, this guy was an artist yeah. because he was doing things nobody else was doing. And why was he doing them? Really not because he would sit down in the living room saying, I want to be a rebel. No, he was doing them because he understood that that fit what he wanted to do. It just fits. Sometimes that it's not just about making your own style up, but sometimes you have to actually create a new structure to fit that style. And that's what he was doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he was yeah, he wasn't... I I mean <laughs> he wasn't it's not just you look at how he's influenced people, you know, people are really it's not there by going out you know and, and getting in bar fights every other week. I mean it's not there was so much more to his writing. If you really look at it, if you look at the besides the humor, the fantastic humor he had and the great wit. He, he could really, when you look at some of the really deep, beautiful poems he could write, and even later on, he was still just going full throttle on those and create. I mean, he really had a heck of a, uh, an output, and so yeah, that that's the stuff that people should really, and I think people do largely. I don't, you don't really. There's plenty of people that kind of wanna play even he had that problem with it because you can watch there's plenty of interviews you can go on places like youtube and you can see where they, they just want to they want to play the character what they felt he was and they did that when he was alive so they're doing it now as he's you know passed but you know i think a lot of people got the uh took the good parts and tried to emulate more than the you know i'm gonna go you know go on a bench and get thrown in jail <laughs> so, you know, so and and he definitely I mean I yeah he, and he there's so many interviews you can see where you can see the, the true genius of the man really and and just not what was on that page you know not everything you write is quite literal I don't know why people always see things that way but it's just uh if you write really colorful sometimes people think everything is just as you write it where they forget there is a creative license there. You know, you definitely don't have to, if you, if you like somebody, you don't have to try to walk those footages. A lot of times those aren't exactly how they're living either. Yeah, so, you nice. know, that, people forget that, that's part that of is, not being a good writer. That
0: is definitely true. I, I think one of the problems with, with all of that, and, and especially our Heroes, is we have to give them the room, whether we like it or not, that sometimes they purposely played into that because it helped them market it what they were trying to get done. and unfortunately, when that happens, it's much harder for people to separate the promotion from the reality you know or even the, from the writing because they've done that themselves and mm-hmm. oftentimes their publishers or their, or, their, or their supporters or their advocates or their editors or their agents they're also doing that too. yeah, yeah, man you remember uh. Uh, Mickey Rourke did that movie Barfly, and, and this dude was like a total radical. Like, like he drinks a lot and had a lot of girls, God. and then did some poetry. And uh, so basically, if you listen to that entire statement, yeah. before they ever got to the poetry part, they already said like 98 things that he did. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he saved this from terrorism, and he destroyed the world, and you know everything else. So it, that's one of the problems, though, is that when you heap all that stuff on there, the average person and, and or the average you know junkie public. They hear that a lot more mm. than they're going to hear about the writing because that's what they are here Maybe that's what sparks their interest. And, and then later on, it's just all about, you know, his glory and, and, and his exploits. And, you know, you, the arts sometimes get lost in all of that.
1: Yeah. Then that's that's another thing is like if you look, they, they never really did. And he even complained about this in his own writing. I mean, they never really did capture his, his true – Essence in—I in think either movie they did, uh, based off his work. Uh, I think later factotum would probably be a better example. But then again, your friend said that it was just—you know—they never. It's just hard to catch a character like that because he wasn't—he wasn't—he wasn't acting. So when you try to translate that into what Hollywood—if you look at Barfly—is like a total joke. Well, and it, it, he would later, you know, like it was a good good paycheck. Yeah, I mean, right, I know that out. for being a fan. That yeah. it was a,
0: but you had the he wrong actor. I mean, Mickey can't act at all. So, if he's putting this guy in there, it's just a, a complete disaster. I mean, the guy can't act. How the hell is he going to have any? Because if you're going to be Bukowski in the movie and you actually want to try to get some kind of real reality in there, you're going to get an actor in there that has many levels. Mm. Many levels because this guy is complex. Yeah. And if you want to try to get somebody across that's complex, well, you need an actor that's going to be complex, too. Otherwise, all you're going to do is get that shit over there, the superficial side where he's getting stoned every five minutes. Who the hell wants to see a two-hour movie on that? Yeah. I watched it. I'm well, like, I mean, I'm I look at it because I asleep, mean you – know? I'm like, get the hell out of here.
1: <laughs> I, I have both films. I'm an adamant fan, and I always look at uh, Barfly. The, I think it was Barbade Schroeder who uh, – Direct at that. I always look at that, um, or Barbea, I don't know How to say his name exactly? Um, I always look at that like a, a Bukowski a cartoon, yeah, a real yeah, big parody of real, him. And real he didn't like the film. Blame yeah, the he wasn't a film of the. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't a fan of the film himself. I mean, he would admit that to other people. Of course, when he was promoting it, of course he's going to be, you know, say good things. But Mickey was not the right guy for that role, it, I don't know. you know, it, it just wasn't. It was kind of like all schlock together. Um, no, I'm not even a real big fan of I did like Factotum better. I thought I captured more of his, uh, it, although at it, it times, you know, it, it's it's like anything. It, it's really what you prefer. You dig it, and that draws people, but if you really want to get the essence of a book, then you're going to go pick up a book. I mean, because there's going to be more depth to it. They have more – there's there's endless amounts of time to craft that, where in a movie you've got – it's all about trying to, you know, condense time into this uh, two-hour, you know, film. So it's – you're not going to have the <laughs> – you're not going to have the real depth that you're going to have compared to, uh, you know, when you, you pick up his words, you know, and so. I got a, but, I got a you know. feeling
0: – maybe I'm wrong. But I got a feeling that when when they come out with a biography of him that um, is a lot more mm-hmm. researched and, and try to give, give some balance to as much as you can give balance to that guy, his work and mm-hmm. his life, that might be a suitable vehicle to figure out how to do a movie from then. Because it'll have enough information all the way around that you can develop a script mm-hmm. that makes some sense. And then you, if you do have a script that makes some sense, you're going to get some quality actors that's going to want to go investigate that because – that, that, that's just a horrible choice over there. I really was. Plus, I, I really think the timing sucks, too. You can't put out an artistic movie in the 80s and expect anyone's going to see it. Remember, this was the eight, the day of Breakfast Club, and there's a lot of crappy movies out there that made no damn sense at all. So uh, you put, like, Barfly out there, and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, what the hell is this about? Yeah. I can see some teenagers do this who look good. I don't want to see this sloppy weirdo.
1: Yeah, it was it was unique and and there there actually is a good uh biography on uh book if you watch uh there well there there were two that were uh done technically but uh one uh, born into this if people just in case they want to go there I'm not trying to be like the 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 book fanboy but I am definitely a big fan but I mean it's just so people know if they don't know I'm pretty sure they do but they do want to see a good uh film on him and his life that is a, uh, that is really well done. And that's with his, you know, friends and he, it's, it's got a lot of good archival footage. And once again, shows, you know, the man and his work and his life. And that's, that's a better example than, than go and getting a, if you get Barfly, you're going to be, if the kid sees that the first uh, thing they ever encounter Bukowski, I don't really know that they would be all that impressed. I know. I certainly wasn't when I when I saw the film. I
0: saw. You know? I saw it in <laughs> Europe. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me with this crap. I mean, it was just. It was, yeah. I just thought it was horrible. I'm like, I'm, please. Now that guy I know about this guy already. Because if this was the film that was going to help me understand him, I probably would never read him. You know.
1: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. I mean, I like I said, a habit. I don't. It's. I don't. I don't hate it by any means. But yeah, I I, I would definitely be also be very. A guy that gets overlooked, like I said all the time, is is Broad again. You know, I would love to see a film on him, but you know, it, once again, you know, it's not, you know, it's not exactly um, the stuff that Hollywood thinks. Oh wow, we're going to make a ton of money off that. You know, we could do Transformers, or we can do movies about authors. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I think uh, they're going to go with Transformers. Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and, and if you get Megan Fox in there, half naked, running around with a gun, well, hey, that's that's another hundred million right there. Huh.
1: all right now you know
0: (laughs) or or richard brown again what are you gonna choose i mean let's just be honest yeah yeah yeah
1: we'll we'll go with the uh yeah yeah i don't think that's uh no i don't think that's a really hard you know that's a really that's a that is actually a very hard sell for them to do that but yeah that's that's the thing. I was always kind of drawn to movies about authors because, of course, I wanted to write. So, you know, you know I at, was one of those people. But. Not
0: every author out there really needs that sort of scope or, or, or needs a movie nope. out there. I mean, if you think about Richard Brodigan, no one says they can't do a decent teleplay on, on a screen on Netflix or in one of these other places and do a good hour, hour and a half all about what's going on. And that's a great vehicle mm-hmm. to inform and, and maybe get people into his work. So, I mean, why mm-hmm. why pressure yourself that you got to make $100 million on on, on, on a guy that a lot of people don't know about when they might be introduced on a smaller network and in and, and a smaller production and, and mm. still do the same and maybe even do better. So I, I think him and a lot of other authors, it wouldn't be bad you know, to, for that to happen that way. And, and I think it can.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would definitely love to see that. I'm one of those people that would love that just because I like said, I I'm always fascinated by writers. So, and uh and now i'm kind of driven a little nuts by him but uh you know different situation now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, uh, i mean ditto. you know but, yep. <laughs> but no i mean yeah it, it's definitely uh that would be a cool vehicle to see i would like to see more films and things like that
0: one, by, uh, one, of, the writers, that, one but, of the things that one of the things i i noticed and uh was, was disappointing at, at times and it's just that's just the world unfortunately is um sometimes those that we we, we love and, and we do our own little private hero worship about we recognize when we read enough about them about you know their life and how they interacted and what they did I mean beyond their writing and creations and all that you find people mm-hmm. that that might not have really wanted to be in your company or, or maybe even have liked you. So it becomes a disappointing <laughs> thing. I mean I mean I loved Alex Huxley. Yeah. He's a big part of my entire existence. Uh, One of the yeah. first things I've ever read uh, about and even wrote about was was a mm-hmm. lot of his ideas but you know he was he was a man that was typically British, mm-hmm. very very class oriented, um, very close to the, around those of the people who had who had, uh, who had a lot of wealth and, and who had a lot of education. And he was never anyone to ever talk to anyone, uh, even, even a college student, when he did professor work. He just wasn't one of those people. He stayed in his circles, and that was it. So the only way you're ever going to contact that guy is through his writing, because you wouldn't be part of his, uh, th- that, that class unless you had a mansion or you hung out with the queen. I mean, really, that's just who that guy was. It doesn't make him uh, some kind of bad person, and it doesn't even make him the, a jerk, really. But that's that's just who he was. He was being who he was, and he was writing about the things that mattered. Now, what I find unique about him, and and to redeem all of that, if it needs to be redeemed, Mm -hmm. is that a guy like that shouldn't have been writing that kind of stuff, because in many ways, the stuff he wrote was contrary to the kind of life he had. In many ways, it actually challenged some of the things that he was doing. So in his own way, he was doing things that he knew. Uh, the world can be better and more expanded, upon. But he, as a person, wasn't ready to go and do that. He was just writing about it. Some people not ready for that. Yeah. No. You know. Yeah. He was almost like saying, no. I, "I don't, I don't have a problem with you burning down the mansion because you might need more prosperity and and equality in society. Mm. Just at the moment, don't burn down mine, please. Okay? Until I drop dead. I mean, that's pretty much his mm-hmm. attitude, his attitude. But it makes him uh, uh, again another complex person, but you realize there's a lot of people that you you recognize. I mean, you, if if we all were honest with ourselves, and Edgar Allan Poe was alive, and we were able to go, uh, you know, mm-hmm. hang out with him, we would find somebody that would probably hate our guts. Get the hell away from me. You're not in my league.
1: Oh yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah, he was known. <laughs> he was known to be kind of a jerk i mean yeah. you know he was he was called the hatchet man for his reviews yeah. i mean he would chop you up i mean he was he was you gotta think we're and that's the thing we have the gift of words and those of us that are really good at it you know we can turn those words against you we can be vicious people you know at times everybody yeah, yeah, has exactly. many dimensions to them. you know we're not all just uh you know if you if you read stuff I write and you think oh John's just Mister Nice Guy and funny yeah the, 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 look at some of those other things you know I I don't always paint myself as the nicest person <laughs> I'm not the most social person that's another setback I will say that is sometimes people expect you to be really social or something and that's kind of like the polar opposite of right
0: right or, I, I, that's maybe. how Paul was you know? he was not social I, I had some guy tell me man wouldn't it be cool to go hang out with him and talk with him? I'm like, dude, two things no. would happen if you went out and hang with him, okay? He would either curse you out or you would have to punch him out. That was it. They weren't going to be talking about no writing, okay? Somebody's going to get their asses kicked. That's as simple as that. That dude does not care. I mean, not to mention he had ideas about the world and society that nobody here could ever live with. I mean, Poe was a guy that thought that slavery was a good thing. He, he, yeah, he, yeah, he, he actually was he slavery He was pro-slavery.
1: Yeah, he really was a strange guy, you know I mean? You
0: know? He, now, he, you know, not, he, he never wrote he anything in his writing about being racist or, or anything racist, ironically. But everybody knows from his letters and from his public opinions, that guy, he did not believe in democracy. He didn't think that everybody should be able to vote. He was, he was pro-slavery. I mean, he got a lot of crazy ideas that nobody would ever be able to hang with today because they're all beyond the pale.
1: Yeah, yeah, he was. a Well, then again, you know, he was, he he was a he was a true character, yeah, and, and that's genius. why you know people he was a genius. Just, but
0: it doesn't yeah. make him a, a a great or good person sometimes. So here's somebody else you admire a lot, yeah. but you would never want to hang with the guy because you don't want to strangle him.
1: No, he was an artist. I mean, what do you expect? Most people who are artists are are not, you know, are doesn't mean they're going to be. It's not the most outstanding person. They're creative, and they're creative for a reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you they, know, they all have their issues. I mean, sure. I mean, Franz Kaffer made it really, really clear, both in his writing and in his letters and in the people he talked to. I hate my job. I hate my family. I wish it all would go away, and I just want to keep writing. I mean, he and he said that on a regular yeah. basis. It was even in his writing because that much he, that's how much he hated them all. That's who yeah. that guy was. He was just like, I want to write. Yeah. I hope you all die. I want to keep writing. Leave me alone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like,
0: why is he so paranoid? I don't know. Maybe because he hates everybody.
1: <laughs> I mean, you'll you'll find that in a lot of writers. There's I mean it's the only weird thing I always find strange is you once you uh, you get to a certain level, you know you're famous when all of a sudden they're publishing your letters. That that's always strange to me when they do, I, cause that wasn't meant to be public knowledge. And then you see that other side of people that you pr- you didn't really want to see no, I, that whole I, thing of like, should you meet your heroes. You probably shouldn't in my opinion, because yeah, yeah, you're, right you're right. building up to be something they can't be, you know, wow. it's imagination there, you, you know, they're not your buddy. I'm glad they're, I, they're a person. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up, man.
0: I got a, I got a story about some letters over here. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, you know Tolkien, the guy that wrote uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. All right. So,
1: yep, J.R.R. Tolkien. So
0: he, he, here's here's his backdrop in a, in a nutshell, okay? He comes from a small English town, all right. He he goes to the call of mm-hmm. arms to go in World War One to fight on on the side of England, okay? Against which he felt was wrong, all right. He 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 goes through unbelievable amount of uh, of torment. Uh, chemical gas, uh, injuries, He's shivering in the night in in, in a trench someplace. Four years of that he went through, and he survived. He comes back to his town. Everybody is dead except for him and three people he knows. Almost all the males in the town have vanished. There's only women there. That's it. So he writes a series of books, which he claims in the interviews that he had all over the place, uh, no they have nothing to do with world mm-hmm. war nothing to do with World War One no no it's just it's just fantasy stuff not nothing to do with that at all and can mm-hmm. even get man and walk out of interviews yeah. right because you know there's friends over there trying to get the One Ring and, and stop the evil in the world you know World War One and mm-hmm. the signs all over the friggin place here okay he he won't admit that shit mm-hmm. at all ever right
1: mm-hmm.
0: he dies they published all his letters okay and I have the I have the whole volume of letters I read them all okay. In the letters? Oh,
1: all right.
0: Yeah, this is about <laughs> World War One. Yeah, this is about friendship. This is about yeah. my town that got destroyed. Yeah. This is about evil. This is about the Germans being a bunch of assholes. All that <laughs> stuff. He wrote. He says that clearly in his letters, but he would never admit that in public. Not once. I, I've heard all of his interviews. I've read them all. I've seen the ones that they were on film mm-hmm. and put on YouTube. Every single time, yep. he says, hell no. This is just fantasy. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. There's a man that he couldn't live... What, what he had to live with so he created a whole nother world a, a new language you know elfish i mean i mean I, it's almost like he had to do this in order to keep living because whatever he went through it obviously ate into his soul
1: no. Well, that's, that's another guy. If you look at how many people he influenced, look how many people have taken that prototype and they basically just ripped like they, they all owe him a paycheck because they, they basically just ripped them off and they take, they take, it's like a mythos, you know, like with Lovecraft, when he, when he passed, people kept using parts of his writing and create, you know, and still kind of adding to everything. I, that's it's that's another thing. It's an and I guess it's a mark of really a great writer that people still want to kind of share and be part of your kind of universe. I don't really know that it's right, but I'm not a big fan of people. Just I wouldn't want people taking any kind of character I create and still using it when I'm when I'm gone, unless they had ex- you know permission to do so. So yeah, a, I don't have a, to worry a, about that. Uh, well,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to probably happen to you once they do John, and unfortunately. <laughs> um It's common, and, and, and the reason why it's common is because you've created a theme that eventually people are gonna want to create a variation of it, and and in their mind they're not really gonna feel that they're stealing. They're gonna, they're gonna feel that they're being inspired by you. I, I know it's a strong yeah. it's a stretch for inspiration. Let me get this straight here. Your inspiration is half stealing my crap. Thanks, but. That's that's what yeah. happens because uh, if you got something that's interesting that's taking you know taken flight, uh, well people want to they want you know they want you know, to jump on board too. That's just that's what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a I was a big fan of uh of uh, Lovecraft and a lot of what the pulp writers, Robert E. Howard, once is another influence that people really don't see but he could go anywhere with that page he wrote poetry he created all sorts of his own little worlds with Conan and and also did horror writing and that's what I really admire people who can do stuff like that and again there's another guy that was definitely a unique character um but yeah that that's one thing that I always really got me when when people they they kind of you create this thing that people want to be a part of it's a real honor though they do keep you alive in some ways but yeah, don't don't be doing that unless you're sending me a paycheck. <laughs>
0: well, why you oh, you're still alive? Yeah, that's great. Otherwise, when you're gone, though, you better figure out a way how to haunt them. Because yeah,
1: no, I, I'm not one of those that, that find I don't find that flattering. I mean, you know, it's it, but then again, I mean, good, you know? I think yeah, some of the stuff I, I definitely I could see those influences. I was really influenced by Hunter S. Thompson, and I mean. You know, there's there's early rights of mine that you can find that are online. I don't I don't ask you to. They are very bad, and they are just to me they're they're just terrible. They're just you know where you can see that influence is bleeding through a little too much. But the, you know that happens with writing, and you eventually find your own voice. But
0: right, that, that's but why it, I don't really take it too badly unless someone's just seriously plagiarizing, which is different because believe it or not, if they steal some kind of thematic part of your work. But they're putting in their own writing. It's not really considered theft legally. It's only when they're actually taking all your words and putting their name on it that's <laughs> plagiarizing. So, legally, the the, the definition of, of theft in art is really different than ours. Mm. Ours is like, I'm gonna beat you. Yeah. I'm gonna beat the hell out of you. Uh, legally, it's like, you know, <laughs> if it's not word for word, you're too bad.
1: I uh, know. I mean, you know. I don't know why people keep talking about my newest book, Farewell to Lucky Charms. I mean, it has nothing. It wasn't inspired by anybody. Completely (laughs) out of my head. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's another thing with influences. You can, you you know, I I don't know. It it, it is amazing how how a a writer, you know, you really do. The one thing that when I got into writing is like you can write something and live forever. Because look at all these writers that we admire. We're still talking about something gone for, I mean, Poe, <laughs> you would think Poe uh, died last week. But, I mean, he's, because he's still, he's always been spoken. And talk about God that they completely misconstrued who he was. His own publisher did that. And, you know, I mean, he was a complete, and God, what a character. I admire all those people, but and I admire anybody that puts words to the page. But and, yeah, and it's been, it's it's been said before.
0: It's definitely been said before that um, writing might be one of the roots to you know eternal uh, life. If you could do it well enough, and people will be remembering you and and quote you, and and maybe even you giving them a direction in what they want to do, which is a, an important thing. Uh, I I feel in writing because uh, it, yeah, uh, there are days you're gonna have that suck. They're going to be dark, even depressing, and if you can fall back on that, hey, you know this can have something uh, beyond me, and this could have a life after me, uh, you won't feel as crappy.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that—that's that, to me the most awesome thing is if you can uh, inspire somebody to write lines of their own. That's really, that's really, really, that's really awesome.
0: All right, let's go on to the next segment of the show, and, and I'll try to get a little bit closer to that microphone there so we're not kind of going in and out. In and out. Uh-huh. Hey, there you go, perfect. All right, so the, the next uh-huh. part we want to talk about, which is I, I find equally an interesting topic, and I think a lot of people out there are going to uh, really relate to it, and that's just uh, when you get to that burnout stage. I mean, what do you do when you feel <laughs> – and writing, you might be burnt out. Is it something that is just burnt out on the genre? You know, I'm tired of poetry for a while. I need to maybe do something else. Or is it a burnout in writing in general? Oh, I'm doing too much of it. Maybe I need a break. Or it's just the burnout of, you know, I'm hanging out with so many writers and they're driving me nuts. <laughs> there, there could be a couple, couple, couple ways on this, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely know about probably all of those. <laughs> uh, I know I, we all can. I hear you. I but, hear yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 how burnout works. Anytime you're you're going at a high level, I don't know if you're really doing this. You know, if you're you're fully invested, and in it, you it will happen. I don't care who who you are or how strong you think you are. It it does. Uh, it does catch up with you and you really can kind of it's, it's something you need to be able to recognize. And I think most people, anybody can, but a lot of us ignore it. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm definitely, uh, I put, you know, I, I, I pushed the gas pedal a little hard myself. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm probably one of those people that probably functions really well, uh, at, uh, Being kind of almost burnt out and running on empty, but I think I've done it so long that I'm kind of, it's my norm, but even I hit walls where I'm like, you know, I've got to take a break. But, you know, that's why I love writing because I never get to. So,
0: (laughs) well, I (laughs) I definitely, I definitely definitely had had periods of that over my life of writing that way. I had to, Mm -hmm. I I just, I just masqueraded it in a different way. Like, I remember in the 90s, I took about two years off from writing poetry. Literally didn't write anything because yeah. I put all my time in, into writing the plays and then going out there, talking with the directors and the actors when they were getting produced, and, and just it got so involved in that, I didn't do any other writing for a while because I was still doing the, the playwriting. So and, no. and that was a good break from other stuff so I could just concentrate on that. And then later on, I went back to doing all kinds of different things again. and and, and that was And that was fine. I mean, now these days, especially I'm still getting older, so I, I kind of, you know, feel uh, more towards the, the end of my uh, my physical life than I would have did 30 years ago. You know, I, I try to stay more consistent with things and not take things for granted. I don't like to take as much time off unless I'm sick or my stupid computer has a problem, which is really sad because this computer is only 11 months old. I still consider it new. You know, I've had so many damn problems with mm. with updates and, and, no. and dumb things, you know, but um, probably going to have to replace it here. I'm just hoping Windows is going to give me a check one day because I'm punching them in the head as we speak. But um, I, I, I find that for me to try to, um, if not prevent burnout, just to sort of lessen its impact, you know, is it, to try to find uh, uh, the other avenues to be creative. Uh, so this way, I'm not going mm-hmm. always, always back to doing the, you know, the same genre or or, or, the, or the same thing. So one of the wonderful avenues is is podcasting because I'm able to do things on a literary basis and talk about things that I love, but I don't have to always sit here and write about them. You know, I could just simply do the show. You know, and so that's well, been, that's been a big help that yeah. way for me in, in that regard because it doesn't uh, allow me to burn out as quick as I would have before the show
1: yeah i mean it, that that is good being able to um switch gears uh that that's another thing i mean with with me i'm, I'm doing it just like you I'm doing the you know i've got doing the press doing the um the i i don't know how many mags it is i can't count that high <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> you know doing the and helping out other people with their and uh print mags and you name it so it's like i i'm always kind of jumping the thing that i like. Personally, one thing I uh, anybody knows me knows to relax is I like doing covers, and, and uh, that does that's one way I relax. I basically just work more, so <laughs> you know, I found that I if I'm not working, I don't feel right. I'm one of them people that it, it's I just kind of I'm lucky enough that I can do a bunch of different things, so it does help, you know. I, I hear but, that. But yeah. Man, you really do need to be able to, it's, sometimes you just have to step away. That's, that's the thing for people. Don't feel bad because you have to take a break because your mind can only handle so much. You're going it, to, it's perfectly normal to take a break. and It's good for you. I think some people get, get caught. We've talked about that before you get caught in that thing where some people believe they have to write every single day. If they're not producing something, then it's, you know, I, I don't believe that. I think if something's worth anything, it'll, it'll be there. I I keep ideas in my head, you know, I'm not one of those, I have to, oh, let let me wake up in the middle of the night because I'm sleeping because I had a really great idea. I'm not, I'm the opposite of that, Uh, you know. I'm not worried about losing an idea because I'm probably going to get something else better. So, yeah, but but burnout is something to definitely keep an eye on.
0: I'm convinced that sometimes people think they have writer's block and they don't they just need to take a break and they don't realize it. I mean, one girl told me, Mark, I, I just feel so burned out. I don't know if I could continue writing anymore. I just asked her a simple question. When was the last time you took a break from that? And she's like, three years. Like, what? Like, you've been writing straight for three years? She goes, yeah. I go, she's uh, I mean, that's that's not a good idea, really. I mean, it really isn't. Well. Because uh, if, if it becomes something that, not only dissatisfies you, but also physically causes you pain, like what she was describing. I'm like, you're not going to go back to it in the future because you're always going to think about it in a negative way. You need to step away from it just so you don't have it permanently painted in your brain. Oh God, I got it right now. This sucks. And then that's not really writing anymore. And you're just becoming, you know, just a just a typer of things, and you're always going to be, you know, hesitant or disgusted or fearful. And none of that should ever be about writing. So sometimes you need to take a break just because it's going to save you as a writer. It'll help you, your, your mental health, sometimes your physical health. And sometimes it's, just, it's going to help your artistic health because you come back fresh later on. And I don't mean you need to take off a year or, or three weeks or whatever. Figure out what's a good time for no. you to take off, but don't feel guilty about it. Understand that you need to take a break and, and do so. You know, when you come back to it, you'll feel a whole lot better. It's really that simple. But uh, I know writers that writers they feel guilty or they feel I'm on the flow man I just can't help. I can't stop yeah you you're gonna you're gonna flow out into the friggin river and and, and, and drown someplace so that's not a good idea you know
1: <laughs> yeah you do see that sometimes with uh you, you just have to reset sometimes um, I don't know, I mean well I, like I said i'm I'm the the worst at giving advice on that one just because I'm always working but uh for it's different for everybody else and you know when you're doing something different in writing you're not just doing kind of one thing well uh, I, I don't think even you're, I don't like, think you're different
0: really I, I really don't i i, <laughs> I not I tell everybody right now whether John gets upset or embarrassed oh well okay but I tell him all the time I wouldn't mind for him to take a break now and then I wouldn't mind him to try to just make sure he looks at his health a little bit more <laughs> I, I do I, I don't do that as some kind of like motherly thing I just do it as a oh, yeah. I do it as a friend. Huh? But just because he's giving you this advice that sometimes he doesn't take, it doesn't make him a bad person. It just makes him a typical writer that, you know, we might have to give him a smack in the head versus the other way around. Okay, fine. But he's still, yeah. he's still telling you the truth. And, and just because he's not always following it doesn't make it less the truth. It's still the truth. No.
1: And he recognizes that. It's well, yeah, not like not. he's in
0: denial. He understands what's going on. You know, it, it, we just he doesn't always take his own advice sometimes.
1: Well, next next year, that's when I'm looking for a break. I'm probably taking a, a we'll be probably trying to take a month off. You know, I'm, I'm taking advice of a very good buddy of mine, another guy that's very prolific, and um, we, you know, I mentioned him probably every show, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Brian Quinn Flanagan, he, um, that's a guy that, if, if that guy who, that guy writes at a really high rate and produces a lot, he can take a break and step away from it, and I know that he he had a vacation and kind of did that, and it, it did him a world of good. And I'm kind of like, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of want to bat me in the head for that, and I I, I probably will be because I am a little bit worn out myself. So no, I mean yeah, I definitely I'm not just with people. <laughs> I just like working it, it, you do need to take the break and step away sometimes because sometimes you just get you just get too kind of worn out and things are just not happening I had to. I mean I might take one or two days and then I feel bad, but then uh, you know you look at all the stuff that you get done and you think, wow, but um no yeah that, that that those breaks are very important and kind of reset yourself and and kind of you know be good to you that's that's the thing yeah this is not there are there is no ground rules for this. you can create awesome things and just because you're not you're taking a few days a week or two or a month or whatever you want to take, you don't feel bad. you're still a writer you still can create and there there is no nobody's gonna give you a handbook saying you know I didn't get one. Uh, maybe I missed out. I didn't get the writer's handbook of what I was supposed to do when I started. <laughs> you know, this is art, so you know. But take care of yourself. That's that's the main thing, you know. Because uh, you
0: know, I, I think folks, that I, I think folks, uh, and 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 John's in, in, entirely uh, correct, and and God knows he's speaking from experience. So, you know, that oh. that's a good thing about hearing from somebody that you know they know they need to take this and, and they don't do it as much, but they they know that it, it can have a, a You know, a a deteriorating effect sometimes, and I'm looking forward to Mm John to take a break. But also remember, too, folks, that when you're taking a break, you're not really stopping from being an artist. You're still a writer. You're still an artist. Mm -hmm. But you might want to just call it, you know, without trying to sound too new-agey or anything, but you might want to just call Mm -hmm. it, hey, this is some me time. I, I just need to take a few days off where I can just go out there and watch a show, read a book, you know, roller skate on the down the block or do some jogging or whatever. And just me time that has nothing to do with this. Because when you recognize that you need to separate from that once in a while, you won't feel guilty. You won't feel, oh, my God, I'm turning my back on my art. No, because art, it, art is like a beast that always wants you. And it will eventually devour you and doesn't care. It figures there's going to be more people coming down the pike. So it doesn't care about you. You have to care about you because art can't
1: yeah uh, it that that's the thing everybody look at any business think of yourself like a business. every business shuts down for some time. I mean when I start when I start this is a bad example, but when I started the uh the whiskey I've had my only break has been Christmas, so that's one day, <laughs> so I'm overdue, so you definitely need to take those breaks, and I know I'm looking forward to when I do take one and i and I will be. But you know, a couple things I've got to do until, right, uh, uh, you know, in in December, and then I'm definitely going to take me a, a little bit of a, a little extended break, and we're gonna see how that goes.
0: Yeah, I think I think it'll be well worth it and everything, and 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 that's great because ultimately we all need to recharge whatever batteries we have, and it's I don't know if it's arrogant. But I know it's really silly uh, to think that um, by not taking breaks, we're always going to be at our best and that we're always going to catch everything that's out there or that we're always going to be able to be, you know, connected to ourselves. Because who knows, there'll be times we don't take breaks and we're very tired and we're exhausted and maybe we're not connecting to ourselves. Maybe we're connecting to exhaustion or anger or, you know, disappointment. And uh, and I'm not saying that those those things don't go into our writing, but... God knows you don't want them to go in that much because uh, we still need to be able to control what we're doing. And I wonder oftentimes if we don't take enough of a break, are we fully in control?
1: No. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely people shouldn't feel any kind of guilt when it comes to those things. I understand what, people, what we all do because, you know, you think, well, I got to get this done. And we do put ourselves under that pressure. That's good. You know, it's good to be driven. But don't, don't, in your, you know, in the whole process of being driven, don't uh kind of drive yourself nuts over this stuff. You know, it, it's, we all, we all need that time. And, uh, yeah, it, people are very hard on themselves. I know I'm extremely that way. So, you know, it, it's, you have to kind of realize it because people do get burnout, you know. <laughs> When you're getting a little too paranoid and when everything's agitating you and, you you know, it, you got to take those guess, steps away and kind of recharge those batteries because we all got to run off something and just run off, you know, no sleep and <laughs> sure. endless hours I, of work. I, I, I used to have but,
0: years of that sort of thing. I mean, I'm not to the point right now where I, I can't. I couldn't even physically do it if I wanted to. I mean, I just can't because. You know, I can't Mm -hmm. can't operate as a husband and and a father and still go to work and and do all of this and and not get some sort of sleep, some sort of semblance of, you know, of normalcy once in a while. There's just no way. I mean, I'd be too physically exhausted and it's just not safe. And I got to drive a vehicle and, you know, I don't have to drive it for work. But, you know, I got to drive the kids around and I can't be told, you know, I fall asleep Mm -hmm. and crash someplace. That'd be my fault. That's nobody else's fault. So I was going to be make yeah. sure I'm careful of that, of anything else. But uh, I know me because I know I'm a lot like you. I mean, crap. I mean, I, I really wish uh, sleep didn't exist. I could do more in the day. I mean, that's always been my opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: I know people think that's yeah. wacky and weird. But uh, I remember <laughs> when I was in my 20s and, you know, I, and even in my 30s, I could do a lot of that. But can't do that in my 50s. I yeah. can't do that in my 50s right now. It's not possible to go... A couple of days without getting much sleep—it's just not. You physically feel it. So, where literally, you sit in a chair and you're talking to your son, and then you literally you fell out, fall asleep in the chair. You don't even realize you fell asleep. I mean, they like waking you up. What? You're like, what happened? That—that's never a good thing. You know, that's—that's just—that's just exhausting, and it's not good because um, physical exhaustion yeah. always leads to us to, uh, to reduce our immune system. And the next thing you know, a, a common cold will, will put you down for a week because. You're so worn down, it takes more advantage of you rather than you've gotten some rest and you're trying to take care of yourself better. So I've been trying to find my own balance in all this. Uh, am I pitch perfect on all these things? Hell no. I mean, there's sometimes <laughs> I'm with John over there saying, "The hell with all of this, you know? And there's other times I'm like, uh, no, I got to get the rest. I got to put <laughs> this aside. And, you know, that's the way it is. You know? uh, more times uh, than not these days, I'm I got to stop what I'm doing and say, hey, I'm just I'm just too tired. I don't want to continue. I'm looking at the clock. I got to get up in about six hours. That's enough. You know, mm-hmm. I never used to do that in the past, but I have to learn to do that now, because if you're not listening to your friends and you're mm-hmm. not listening to your family, well, then at least you should listen to your body, because sometimes it's telling you you, you need to stop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Funny that we're talking about that, but yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, I'm notorious for running on like next to no sleep, but that's me. I'm probably three hours if I'm lucky, so and then I'm back to work. But that's just me. I mean, like I said, everybody's got their own kind of. You can't really go by. I I have insomnia, so you can't really go by me. But you know, it's amazing. I know what planet I'm on. So sometimes I you know you might have to scrape me off the ceiling to do a, a podcast but I'm all right. <laughs> well you, you sound you
0: sound great and alert so I I appreciate that but I yeah. I know you could probably use a little bit more sleep not to say that we all can't oh. but I think it's fair and safe. Oh, yeah, it's safe, yeah. safe to say that John can probably use a little bit more than the rest of us. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, John definitely needs, definitely needs a lot more. So probably a lot more, a whole bunch of things, but you just a little bit of rest and yeah, relaxation and stuff like that. But, you know, no, it's, that's the thing when it comes to <laughs> being able to recognize burnout, it's probably, uh yeah. I mean, I think, I, I guess we all recognize it and know, how, you know, we know our bodies and we know what our limits are. And sometimes we do when we're working on a project, you're going to push yourself beyond your limits and it kind of, nerve-wracking as we put books together and things like that but you know it's it's different for everybody but yeah definitely pay attention to it You know, <laughs> if you're yelling at everybody and going off every other to every two seconds you probably need a break you know right. if you think everybody's conspiring against you then yeah probably time to take a break you know if the dog's talking to you that's another thing you're probably uh and yeah, don't go by me. I write about talking dogs, but you never know. <laughs> so, well, I definitely know
0: in my own sense. If the dog starts talking to me, I'm like, oh god, I'm I'm stuck in the John world. I need to get out of here for a moment.
1: <laughs> uh, well, that's trust me. My world is, you know, uh, there, there's <laughs> if you're dealing with uh, some color. If people think there's colorful characters in my uh, in the page there, and the, the the people that inspire those are. Far different. It's probably way more interesting in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, uh, I'm cold. What can I say? I'm not, you know, I'm a character myself, but, uh, no. Yeah. You, you got to know when you need the break. Um, and like, you know, and we can't emphasize that enough. Don't feel bad because you're not, you know, sitting there with a, you know, pen and paper at the computer, uh, Writing something down. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be in there. People, yeah, people deal there's with that. No
0: I, I hear that a lot. And, uh, and you guys have any emails you want to send over to us about any of this, or I'll put them in the in the, the next mail bag I'll be doing um uh, next month because uh, they got I already got a bunch already uh, that I'm going to be going through. So we can talk about this issue and uh, again because um mm. even though we are giving you a general formula about what to look for and and, and what you should be considering. Uh, you as a writer have to figure out what is pushing and what is not. You know I mean? Quite frankly, if you're 26 years old, you might be able to live on four hours or three hours of sleep for weeks at a time and not have a big, big effect on you. You know what I mean? If you're, yeah. if you're, 54, <laughs> if you're 54 like me, well, guess what? It's not going to work anymore. I've done it. I do it at least once a week. I'll probably have a day where I feel so energetic that I'll go into the point where I only have maybe three and a half or four hours sleep before I got to go start the next day. That's probably only once a time I could do that, and then the next day I could feel how bad that is. By the middle of the day, I already feel, oh, God, I'm exhausted, and I still got a lot to do. Then that's the night where I got to go get more sleep. So, I mean, I, I play with it back and forth, but I know I can't do it as consistent as I did in the past because I'm just much older. And, and thankfully I don't yeah. I don't smoke, and, and I'm still exercising, and, and I'm still at a decent weight, but I, I can't ignore the fact that my body feels different than it did you know, 20 or 30 years ago, that's just the way it is. I mean, no way around that. I like to I like to ignore it, but you can't. It's just not not safe to do so. But um, you'll figure no. out you'll figure out what yours are, and then you just need to learn that. That's what really we're trying to say here is to figure out what yours are and consider that as part of your artistic duty. Quite frankly, it's not just a bunch of writing dudes telling you what to do. It's also really about you understanding yeah. that, you know, in the whole uh. Uh, I need to edit this. I need to rewrite that. I need to look at that. I need to be honest mm-hmm. with this. Also, trying to take care of yourself and not burn yourself out. Or if you feel you're getting close to that, yeah. to recognize that. It has to be part of your, your own artistic duties because you will damage your art that way. And, and in some cases, with some people, it took them a while to get back to it because they, they uh, you know, they, they, messed mm-hmm. up. they messed up their feelings about what they feel about it. I mean, it should always be. A positive experience. And I don't mean that what you just wrote right there is so great that it's positive. No, it could suck. You might save one word out of the whole damn thing. <laughs> but it's positive that you went over there expecting to do something great, and sometimes you do, and a lot of times you don't. But it's still a positive thing. You don't go back to, into another room saying, Oh, God, i got to go in there now and type this. Then you know that's no longer a positive yeah. experience. and It's going to be hard to produce art that way. It should always be about... I'm ready to go into this ring and take another swing. Maybe I'm going to hit that dude and he's yeah. going to fall down. Or maybe he's going to hit me and I'm going to fall down. But I'm ready to go out there no. and, and, and do my fight. That's how you know that you're, you're still in the game when you're willing to do that. But if you just want to live outside the mm-hmm. ring, eat coffee, ice cream, and talk about how cool Oprah is, well, you're going to start fading away from being a writer and just become a regular person. So you have to keep that in mind. <laughs> You know, take a break, but don't don't become her, okay? Please. Become who you're supposed to be. Yeah. All right?
1: <laughs> well, I know. But that's, that's why I worry. That's why I don't want to take a break. I don't want to turn into Oprah because, first, I don't want to turn into a woman. That would be scary. And, you know... <laughs> No, uh, it's, yeah, you, you're you right, you know, you gotta. a, I don't know, well, I, it's like I said, there is, I, 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 I only pick, I only, only pick
0: on her a little bit, only because in the sense that when she had her, sh- mm-hmm. when she had her show, you could see how artistic she could be on a regular basis, but now, Oprah's a businesswoman, and a pitcher, and a promoter of stuff, if you listen to her recently, mm-hmm. you find somebody that says a boring businesswoman. I don't really care what you have to say anymore. You were more interested when you had your show when you were an artist. Mm-hmm. Now she's not an artist anymore. Wow. Yeah, and, and and that's okay. That's her choice. That's what she wanted to do. I'm sure after doing it for so long, she probably got tired and wanted to do something different. And she is, and that's great. She's even given other people mm-hmm. a chance to be artists. But she's no longer, yeah. she's no longer wow. that same person anymore. And you don't want to become like that, Once again. you know?
1: Yeah, once again, we offend everybody. and Remember, that's Mark that said that, because if you're Oprah, I would love to be in your book club. But, uh, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> until you, make, no, until, until you uh, offend her, and then she throws you out, which she does like once a week to somebody. Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> yeah but, well, this is not all complete reality. It's like, no. <laughs>
0: You were lying in that book? No, you can't be in this club anymore.
1: Uh, that's a story? I can't believe you Rose. that's all fiction, that you didn't really go on a murder spree or something. Like, no, no. I just killed, I just killed a couple fruit.
0: frogs and a fly, you know.
1: No, uh, you know. <laughs> New direction. But yeah, that's the only thing about me. Well, you never know what you get when you read me. You never. It's not all the same thing. But yeah,
0: you, you, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's uh So just keep, yeah. keep this in mind, uh, folks. Try to learn to recognize it. Understand that it's a not a one-time thing, okay? Which means that over the course of you writing five, ten, twenty, thirty years, you're gonna get these instances happening a couple of times. It's not like it'll be the only time you have time to do it, and that's it. I've experienced it probably uh, dozens of times, where it was just obvious to me that. I couldn't get anywhere in what I was doing, and I just needed to take a break. And then when I went back to it, I was okay again. So, I mean, some people call that a writer's block. I don't call it a writer's block because a writer's block means to me that I can actually still write. I just, I just, yeah. I just couldn't write to the kind of quality and the kind of direction I wanted to go. I knew I needed to take a break. I was getting burned out. That's all. So I still could write. just couldn't write well, or at least well enough, to, in my opinion. You know? And... So you're gonna get these things and you just just need to, to to step back a little bit once in a while there's there's nothing wrong with that okay and you, and, uh, and for those folks that have other health problems like uh, like depression or maybe diabetes or stuff like that I mean quite frankly if you start getting burnt down in writing, you really need to step back because you could bring those other things on the onset even worse I mean you could bring depression on worse than it was before. I mean, you you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll, you might forget to take your diabetic medication or you might stress eat and then screw up your health. So those things can happen if you have other issues that compound with them. So even more than the regular of us, you, 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 you need to regulate that so that's why you're not harming yourself. Because remember, guys, if you can't physically operate on things, it's going to be very hard to write because writing is a whole lot of sitting there and thinking and trying to get something done, not worrying about your leg hurts or I might lose my arm tomorrow or I'm I'm so depressed that you know I, I don't want to live. It's kind of hard to write when you have those issues. So you don't want to be bringing it yeah. on any worse. You want to try to be able to do whatever you can to to tackle them and keep them on the control so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing, which is writing and and being an artist. John, you got any uh yeah. you got any wise or last words here on this?
1: I mean, being that I am a complete health nut, um. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean the, yeah, just just pay attention to yourself and and be good to yourself is the main thing that I can say is you know and don't and and don't feel guilt over not not producing something and and because like I said this is not there are no set rules with this. that's the main thing that you can do I, I and I can't emphasize enough that yeah if you you gotta pay attention to you, you gotta be good to yourself and don't don't overstress yourself because. You know, you're not going to get much produced if you're overthinking everything. And, you know, it's just going to kind of mess up the work. So that's my main thing, kind of what we've said all along here. So, yeah, that's pretty much my opinion.
0: All right, folks, that's definitely the uh, last word on that. Uh, recap over here as we talked a little bit about um, our heroes, uh, how things that they can do in terms of writing, maybe even sometimes in their personal lives, can be inspiring. And other times there's a darker element there. Things that they're struggling and tackling with that, you know, you trying to do is not going to help you to be a better artist or writer. In fact, it might actually hurt you. So you want to try to step away from that. You know, if you want to write like Poe, that's cool. Just don't be a jerk like him. That's not really helpful, especially in the days of networking. You can't be a jerk because you're not going to go anywhere for sure. He didn't have to deal with that. If Poe was around now, eh, that might be a problem. I might have to even punch him myself. Okay? So... And then, of course, the, the second one was uh, dealing with burnout. We're going to have that. It's going to happen at times. We need to recognize uh, to not be guilty about it and just ignore it because it can harm our craft. It can harm our health. It can harm our, our worldview on things. You know, One moment you feel good about the world. The next moment you think baby Bigfoots are going to invade your house and steal your typewriter. Okay, it's That's how you know you need to take a break All right, because there are no baby Bigfoots. <laughs> And nobody uses a typewriter anymore, okay? So just share to keep that in mind. But it's a natural thing, okay? You're not going to go through writing and never have a period when you don't burn out, okay? It's just like people you know, yeah. t- just like people telling you that, I'm happy every day. I'm never sad. I mean, come on. huh? Stop lying, okay? Mm-hmm. And same thing with burnout. You're going to have it. Don't lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't lie to us. Take a break. Don't be afraid to say so. I got a few writers that literally put a little note on their Facebook page. Listen, folks, I'm going to be out for about a week or so. I just need to take some me time. Mm-hmm. You know, don't contact me. Don't bother me. I still love you. I'll, I'll get back to you when the time comes. Mm-hmm. I'm, nothing happened to me. I'm okay, but I need to take a break. All right, cool, and we go on ahead, and we hope to see them in a little while. And a lot of times we do. Sometimes they mean, they mean more than no. others, but that's fine. That's cool. That's natural. That's what we should be doing. We don't want to just... Burn ourselves out to where we hate what we're doing when we're supposed to be something that we love. Mm-hmm. That we love. Okay. Yeah. You, you
1: got
0: you got people out there that you're gonna love and hate at times, but you know I, I feel being a writer and art is, is something that we should always uh, to strive to love. And and whenever we have a problem with it, it means we have a problem with ourselves, and we can deal with that and then go back to to dealing with it in, in, in an appropriate manner. All right, folks, I really appreciate everyone being on board. Thank you for the emails. I we got a couple in with the extra for John, so we'll probably do another one of those mailbag shows in December where we'll be able to right. uh, answer some questions for you guys, make a little show out of it, have some fun with it. You know, I think next time I want to do a Goss House where we both just do the answering of it rather than having it separate before. We'll just make it happen, and if it's longer, oh well. But at least it'll cover everything, and it'll it'll be fun. You know, especially so some of them, I think they answered some of the similar questions to us. So, I mean, we could both answer them, you know, side by side, and you can hear the differences in who we are, and, and maybe that helps as well. So that, I think that's fun and interesting. And I thank you all for listen, listening and, and and sticking with us through through thick and, and thin. I've tried to be, and, and so has John tried to be, consistent with the show. But, you know, like we say all the times, so we're, we're you know, we're dudes. You know we're not gods over here. We we are gonna have our own issues at time to time, but you know we we try to make this a, a consistent and, and regular a part of everything that's going on in our lives and hopefully in, in your lives as well. All right, folks. Until next time, God bless. Uh, John, you got any uh, last words there?
1: Uh just uh, it's always a pleasure to be on the show and uh, and thanks, folks, for listening. So all right, folks. That's all I got to
0: say. God bless, folks. This is your most recent episode of God's House edition with John Patrick Robbins, Mark Anthony Rossi. Until next time, take care.
1: Adios. Thank you for listening. Follow the
0: show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com.